We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we discuss the role of Missouri's new governor. Mike Parson delivered his first address as governor before a joint session of the state legislature yesterday. Joining me to take a closer look is St. Louis Public Radio political reporter Joe Manis and State House reporter Marshall Griffin. They join us by phone. Thank you so much, both of you, for being with us. Great to talk to you. Yeah, well, thanks Thank for you. having me. Joe, let me begin with you. I read your story this morning, which essentially says that the governor yesterday, during a very short speech, was uh, long on style but short on substance. Yes, and I think that was probably his aim. Um, his point was to make uh, it clear that it's a new day in Jeff City uh, as far as tone and tenor, but it's not a big change as far as policy or philosophy, as far as how, how government should work. Um, he uh, is, is a conservative, and uh, many of his uh, positions are in line with the uh, legislative leaders and with former Governor Eric Reitens as far as certain um, things and what government should do, low taxes, less regulation, that sort of thing. He, di- he does differ from the former governor on uh, education. He is more supportive of public education and already has taken some steps um, to bolster the State Board of Education and put two new members on. He did that this morning. But it's, as I said, it'll be a change in tone, but not in substance. Marshall, what's the reaction, early reaction been? I can only assume that the Republicans are very happy, the Democrats maybe not so much. Well, I think the Democrats are appreciative of the new tone. Um, that's, that's no secret. Uh, but it's also no secret that um, when uh, when Governor Parson briefly touched on um, on policy and uh, and talked about the uh, the things that uh, the Republican-led legislature was able to accomplish, um, that you know Democrats pretty much sat on their hands during that portion of the speech, while the Republicans were you know giving uh, Parson a standing ovation. So um, it'll be a it'll be the the same battle over the same things. Uh, but perhaps in some ways not as vitriolic, at least, uh, when it comes from uh, what's coming from the governor's office. You seem a little tentative on that. I, I was under the impression that this was going to be a, a, a brand-new era because of, uh, you know, Greitens gone and, and uh, Parson coming in. Well, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a honeymoon right now, as they say, you know, the, the honeymoon stage. But eventually all honeymoons come to an end. Um, but I you know, I suppose in a marriage, ideally that should honeymoon should never end. But in but when it comes to political honeymoons, they all do eventually end. Uh, some might question whether there ever ever actually was a honeymoon with the former governor. Um, but uh, the like I say that it, these people, you know, the, the Democrats will be able to at least have civil and cordial conversations with Parson. But they're they're going to be sharp disagreements, and the, and eventually, you know, those battles will flare up. Joe, you see some storm clouds as well, potentially? Well, possibly. I thought it was interesting. I talked to uh, State Rep. Clem Smith, who's a Democrat from St. Louis, um, after the speech last night. And one of his first comments to me was that he appreciated the tone, but he said, um, he said, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and, and, you know, he said he saw Parson and Greitens as being the same 
on ideology, even though they were what he called different packaging. And I think that uh, the Democrats recognize that. In fact, some Democrats have been concerned that Parson will likely be more effective in getting certain things through that they don't want uh, because he will have such better relations with uh, the leaders of the General Assembly. I think one of the most illustrative pictures of last night was taken by our own Carolina Hidalgo, which is on our website now. It shows a person flanked by the um, House Speaker Todd Richardson and the Senate leader Ron Richard right after the speech, and it's practically, you know, a group hug, you know, at the podium. And you never, I mean, you never would see that with with uh, greatness. I mean, those guys stayed. There was a big distance between them and the previous uh, governor. And so I think that um, I think that does have Democrats concerned a bit. But on the other hand, I think there are many where where there is common ground, such as on public education, such on the need to uh, fund the universities, such as some urban issues. I think Parson took a very strong step by already having private meetings with the St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson and with her counterpart in Kansas City, Sly James, which is something that Greitens never did. So I think uh, Parson is really trying to set the tone of saying, my door is open, even if though we may disagree, it's not going to be nasty. I mean, that's sort of his approach. But Marshall, realistically, how important is tone? I mean, the Republicans dominate the legislature. Uh, they they do dominate the legislature, but as we can see, um, um, with the with Republican supermajorities in the House and the Senate, and then with the Republican governor uh, on the second floor of the Capitol, uh, there was there was plenty of uh, conflict, and of course, a lot of that was um, was you know with our the former governor. Um, you know, striking out a certain tone and uh, wanting th- wanting everyone to to you know fall in line, and um, and taking taking exception to when uh, a fellow Republican uh, disagreed or sharply criticized him. So, you know that that's you know the the tone. It might be easier to get some things done now with with uh, Governor Parson, and that. But I do think that there will still be conflicts because conflicts always happen. Uh, they may not be very nasty conflicts or as nasty, and they may not happen as often, but uh, there will still be conflicts. Well, Joe, of course, this is an election year. Uh, how does Parson fit into all of that in terms of people trying to uh, you know, jockey for position and for some success in November? Well, actually, his change of the tone politically is smart. Because from the public's perspective, I mean, they don't get involved in all this nitty-gritty behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, the public came aware of all these uh, divisions between Greitens and fellow Republicans because of a few high-profile issues. And then, of course, the stuff about his affair. Um, But if Parson has a more amenable tone, even if his policies are the same, uh, what the public will see is more of a... Uh, of, a, of a smooth uh, process, government working, and they may not get into the nitty-gritty of whether or not they agree with it. And that, though, can really help the Republicans with the key swing voters. I mean, the Republicans, I've heard this from a number of them, and last week's special election, I think, proved it. They're being killed in the suburbs. I mean, that's one of the reasons they lost a state Senate seat last week by 20 points. 
in, a, in suburban Kansas City, and that was a district that had been carried by Trump two years ago. Well, it's because these swing voters are very disturbed about what they're seeing. So by having a different tone, uh, by coming across as a pleasant person, even if one disagrees with them, you can still talk to them, it does provide a much better image for the Republicans from the top down going into um, November. And it also ends all this infighting, you know, between the governor and the legislature, the governor and, let's say, the attorney general, Josh Hawley, who's running for U.S. Senate. All that's gone. I mean, they're all trying to be like a happy family. So, I mean, that plays well politically. Marshall, the the gripe and shadow was uh, somewhat uh, over that speech last night, or certain parts of the speech. He, he, he didn't name any names, uh, the, the new governor, that is, but he certainly made it clear that uh, he, he wants to get beyond some of the things that the former governor uh, stood for. Uh, yeah, and a lot of that comes back to, uh, you know, style and the way that you deliver a message, because, um, you know, Greitens seemed to at least carry the, he at least seemed to approach everything the same way as um, as if he were a Navy SEAL going into combat, um, and that was to go on the attack, um, get behind you know get behind me and follow me. Otherwise, um, you're in the way. Um, it, he didn't make a, like I say he didn't make a whole lot of friends in Jefferson City, and um, and you, we didn't often see him you know try to negotiate positions. So that you know that that whole image um, of Greitens you know being on the attack was uh you know something that Parson did a 180 on and um and he also and he did, during his speech he you know kind of subtly pointed that out in a few ways you know saying you know we've seen the uh, worst of politics and we've seen the best of politics and um and and then there was the the line talking about all the different people over the past 200 years who have served in a legislative post saying you know they did not come here you know many of them did not come here to uh, make a career out of politics, which seemed to fly in the face of Greitens constantly calling members of the legislature who disagreed with him career politicians. Joe, how important is this listening to her? Well, I think, again, it kind of fits in with what we were just talking about. I think it does. Uh, I think Parson does want to introduce himself to the public because while he's a very familiar figure in Jefferson City in the state capitol, he's not so familiar um, outside of the capital, except in his area in southwest Missouri. So I think, smartly, he wants to, um, you know, travel around the state. He's going to be in St. Louis Wednesday and meet with different groups or businesses or whatever. Shows them out there. Shows them um, reaching out, trying to listen to people, see what their concerns are. Again, this doesn't mean that his policies are going to be any different, but it does present a different, kinder, gentler image, whether or not the policies are that way. But it's smart. I mean, politically, it's smart. Marshall, as time winds down, just one final question about the prospect of finding a way for to, to have a, a, a lieutenant governor now that that vacancy exists. Uh, they're still talking about that. And is there anything you see that indicates they might come up with a, a way to uh, fill that spot? Well, right now it's only talk um, and speculation. But uh, the gov- but Governor Parson um, late last week did the, did lay open the possibility of um, of calling a special session. He 
said he would be open to that when he was asked about it by some reporters. Um, a, a special session to um, make to change state law so that there would be a clear succession plan uh, for um, um, filling a, the lieutenant governor's vacancy, whether that would take the form of giving the governor the authority to appoint someone to fill a vacancy in that office or to make it easier to have a special election. Um, the, you know, those details uh, aren't known yet. But there was actually two different uh, pieces of legislation that would have fixed that problem um, during the regular session, but uh, they both died during the final week, and I think one died actually within the, the final hour of, um, of the 2018 session. So the so it didn't get solved um, this year when it could have been. There were there was two chances to do that. We uh, we have to take a break and say goodbye to you guys. But before I do that, we have a caller who has a question that maybe you can help him with. Let's do that if we can do it quickly. Tom in St. Louis, go ahead, but make it quick, please. Don, uh, from what I hear, it sounds like one place where the new governor might be different from Greitens is education. He seems... Uh, close to educators and uh, less interested in uh, like charter schools and that sort of thing. Brightens, am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, go, go ahead, Joe. Yes, he's he's very much a supporter of public education. Uh, you need to, you know, he's he's a man from rural Missouri, and in rural Missouri, the public school districts are very popular. Uh, frankly, because in many cases, that's all they have. There's not charter schools out there. Most of the charter schools are in urban or suburban areas. And um, so Parson is very well aware of some of the issues and the importance of public education in rural Missouri. So that's one of the reasons why he wants to get things straightened up really quick on the state uh, board of education, because he's been hearing from these rural superintendents for some time. So that was one of his first things on his agenda, and his appointments this morning, I think, are aimed at sending a message that he's trying to deliver. Marshall, if you have something to add, add it. Otherwise, we'll say goodbye. Uh, well, just that uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Thursday when the State Board of Education does finally hold a legally required meeting with a full with um, enough voting members. So uh, I look I look to see for a, a, a change in direction uh, as far as of uh, more support for the State Board of Education and its mission. All right. Well, thanks to both of you. Reporters Joe Manis and Marshall Griffin. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.